I'm just going to uh, share for a couple of minutes tonight. <laughs> and uh, I, I've changed this message a couple times, and so it, it gets shorter. And I think it's a little more concise to what God wants it to be. But um, I really feel like he just wants me to share something that's going on kind of personally and what he's doing in my life amidst that. Um, but in the middle of everyone's public life, uh, you know, there's something, there's always something going on that's, that's uh, in, more deep, interior, kind of in the spaces of our soul. And I think what God has been encouraging me to do is learn to pay attention to those things. And sometimes when we're going through life and we start to uh, nurture a relationship with the Holy Spirit or really start to um, seriously abandon ourselves to God and what he wants, we have uh, these stirrings in our heart. And if we're expecting it or if we're looking for it, those tell us something. And I'm learning how to um, be much more aware of just sort of the interior part of my soul and how is it stirring and what is God up to and how do I recognize it? And and what I'm learning is, is that when I have those kind of stirrings in my heart, um, that there there's something about to happen. It's an encounter with Jesus Christ that's about to, to happen. It's a signal to me. And so what I'm basically learning how to do is read the signs, um, read, the, re- read the lights. You know, when they're green, you know what to do. When they're yellow, you know what to do. When they're red, you know what to do. So how do I learn to read the signals in my own life? And, uh, you know, moments like these, I think probably for all of us, um, they're there. We all have these moments, and, and they're there for us if, if we just learn to notice them. And moments then our awareness kind of opens up, and we see something from a different perspective with, the, with a different lens. We see sometimes things from a more spiritual perspective, um, and somehow that changes everything. And I like to think of, um, this has always intrigued me, but I like to think of, you know, the natural realm is what we consider touchable, tangible. You know, it's we can hug each other, feel each other, we can eat food and poop and that kind of stuff. That's all very natural and organic. Um, And then there's the supernatural realm. And, you know, that's where angels and demons and battles are going on over lives and souls and uh, I like to think about just pulling back the curtain and thinking about and seeing what's going on in the spirit realm, what's happening. And, you know, I think pretty much everything in the natural is responding to something in the spirit realm. And so, uh, you know, if we take time to pay attention and see what God, see that God, you know, is is with us, He's he's protecting us, he's guiding us, he's blessing us, you know, he, he's, he's in the middle of so much, doing so much, then sometimes we get a clearer view of that, um, and we get a clearer view into the spirit realm. And it's really important, I think, for us to cultivate, um, as I said earlier, the, the, the discernment of the spirits. The Bible talks about uh, that being a gift from God. Um, he talk, the Bible talks about um, testing the spirits to see whether they're from God. And I think especially in our interior world of thoughts and motives, because what's going on externally can be sometimes a mask. It can be a different person than what's, what's really going on inside. 
um, our authentic self, I like to think of it. St. Ignatius of Loyola was a very uh, contemplative father, and he describes these inner dynamics in, as two different things. The first one being consolation, and the second one being desolation. And he describes consolation as that interior movement of our heart that gives us this really uh, deep sense that there's a, a living or a life-giving connection with God going on. And, you know, that's where God gets to interact with my most authentic self, who I really am when all the masks come off and when it's just me and God and nobody's looking. And it's, it's sort of, for me, it's that sense that, you know, all is right in the world. And there can be a lot of chaos. In fact, in my life, there's usually a lot of chaos going on. Uh, as a pastor of a large church, there is a number of situations that are anxious and fearful and that are driving um, emotions all the time, whether it's someone that I know really well, someone in my own family, uh, you know, someone that I'm learning to love. But um, I have this sense that even though there's this chaos going on around me, that I still am free and I'm being given over to God and uh, that even when I'm in moments of pain and when, mo- when I'm in moments of crisis, I can still stay connected and I can still see his face and I can still love people. And I think, of course, you know, that's the spiritual journey that we're all on is, you know, how do we weather the storm and hold on and, and, and not lose our faith and still love and still look like Christ? That's consolation. Desolation is kind of the opposite Desolation is like the loss of uh, a sense of God's presence in our life. And, you know, it's when I feel totally out of touch with God or with others. And really, I'm confused about my authentic self. I don't really know what I'm feeling. And it's this experience of being kind of off-center or, uh, you know, full of turmoil, full of confusion, maybe even some rebellion settling in there. And these two experiences consolation and desolation, they're neither right nor wrong. They just are. And they just happen to all of us. But it's good to learn to listen to them, to see what they have to tell us. And what, you know, what what can we learn from, from those times, those different times in our life? Um, Let me read John 10, 6 through 10. This is from the message. It says, Jesus told this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about, and so he tried again. I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good. The sheep stealers, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate, and anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture, A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. But I come so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So God's will generally for us is that um, it's for us to do more of the things that give us life and turn away from the things that drain life from us and debilitate us. 
Uh, you know, God instructed Israel to pay attention uh, when he said in Deuteronomy, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. I mean, God, he, he wanted them to know that the wisdom that made it possible for them to choose life isn't something they're going to find out here. It's not like oceans away. It's not something they're necessarily going to have to wait until they get to heaven to experience, but it's really near to them. It's near to us. It's, it's in our mouths. It's in our hearts for us to notice, for us to observe the activity of God so that we can join in with, with what he's doing instead of rebelling against it. And in the middle of loads of distraction, and this is what, you know, I'm starting to think of um, spiritual warfare as just distraction. I don't think I'm going to necessarily, um, you know, I don't have to defeat Satan uh, because he's already been defeated. But I'm very aware that when we're doing the things of the kingdom, when we're um, you know, on the front lines of bringing people into relationship with God and, and bringing healing and asking the Holy Spirit to come, uh, you know, Satan can't undo that. He can't take away all the healings that happened at the women's conference. He can't do that. But he certainly can try to distract us from it, right? So while we're in the midst of our celebration, it rains or whatever it is. It's a distraction, and, you know, I'm learning to think of them more as distractions, those, those spiritual attacks. And the reason is, is because I don't want to miss what God wants to show me in that stirring in my heart that he's up to, that thing that he's doing. And, and I need time for the chaos that's going on all the time around me or in my soul just to settle so that I can... Uh, you know, turn aside, look at these great signs of God in my life and understand what they mean and, and seize the celebration and not let it necessarily be stolen quite so quickly. Because what I find is as soon as I start to celebrate and tell somebody what God did, you know, I get about two people in to my plan of standing on my soapbox and blowing my trumpet and something happens to distract me from it. And it's not the first thing. It's not on the front burner anymore because of the distraction. And I find myself talking about the distraction. And, and you know, it's just, a, it's just a strategy of the enemy. And I want the decisions that I make to be, you know, really solid, not because I'm so smart, uh, but because they, they rested on noticing what God is doing and, and then I am staying completely committed to the path of, you know, that God's activity marks out for me instead of the distraction. Does that make sense? So a personal story, we'll rewind here a couple of months, probably was more like the fall in September and October, I was doing some traveling for my new regional leadership role, and I was um, doing some of the training and, and, you know, teaching in front of many vineyard leaders um, from all around the nation a number of times. And pretty much every time that I would um, come off the stage or there would be a break, someone who didn't know me 
I hadn't really met before, um, but was in the room, would come up to me and say, I have a word for you, something that God showed me while you were teaching. And they were very affirming. They would always tell me that, you know, God is on you and you're really gifted for what you're doing and you have authority. But I'm like, but what? And it's like, but God wants to give you joy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> okay, bring it, you know. And then another person. And then a couple days later, another person. And I, I think I got this word of at, at least, like, in a period of five weeks, I think I got it um, about ten times from different people. And they all used the word joy. And, um, you know, I was, I think at the time I was on crutches for nine weeks, and I wasn't very joyful about that. And I was saying, okay, you know, okay, I get it. You want to give me joy. I want to receive joy. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if I'm supposed to, you know, giggle more or draw, make clown faces in my mirror or what. But I just started to try to receive joy. And one of the things that I realized is that there's many times in my life where I feel like I need to receive God's love. And so I'll just ask the Holy Spirit to come and sit in God's presence. And I will definitely feel a tangible deposit of God's love. And I get up from that place and I walk around feeling loved. And I've done that many times in my life when I needed to feel peace. I felt like I'm empty of peace. And I would just go sit in God's presence and I would ask for a deposit of supernatural peace. And I would feel calm and peaceful. And so I know that I knew how to receive certain kinds of things very tangibly, but I couldn't wrap my mind around this joy thing. I wasn't sure like what's this supposed to look like on me. And um, so I just thought, well, it's in the same verse, love, joy, peace, patience. So I'll just, you know, I got the love thing, got the peace thing. The joy thing is hanging out in the middle of those two. Uh, so I'll just start to practice receiving joy. So I just started to do the same thing that I do with love and peace because I didn't know what else to do. And I just started sitting in God's presence. Sometimes I will do it every morning and every night um, when I'm going to bed or um, getting up just to re make sure I remember to get it in because I wanted to be really consistent and try to receive it. And, and so I would just sit in God's presence and I would just ask him to deposit his joy and I would just practice receiving it. And I didn't really start laughing or, you know, jump out of bed and start being funny and making jokes or anything like that. But what I did realize is that over a period of a few weeks and now a few months, especially leading up to some really things that we've really prayed a lot about and look forward to, like the women's conference, um, which is an, a tremendous amount of work and many people here served, you know, tirelessly, endlessly uh, to really host that event and bless so many people. But the whole time, I'm almost out of my mind having fun, right? I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy fun. Look at that. Look what God's doing there. Look at that. Look at me. You know, and I'm just like freaking out because I'm having so much fun. And I'm telling everybody how much fun I'm having. And all of a sudden, I realize oh, this is it. This is joy. This is, I'm enjoying what I'm doing more. And uh, I was on a, a couple, I think it was a weekend before, two weekends before the women's conference. 
Um, it was just a weekend. And I was like, just do what I do, just flitting around the you know lobby, just talking to people and doing stuff, doing announcements, whatever. And I just sort of felt like a kid. It was like having so much fun at church that I couldn't, I, I just thought, well, this is unusual. I'm having more fun than I usually do at church. I'm enjoying this more. I feel excited to be here, excited to see what God's going to do. And all of a sudden I realized, I think it's happening. I think God's giving me a new lens. I think that he's just showing me that even though my life is chaotic, and even though, you know, I've got really big issues going on in my immediate family with sisters and brothers and mothers and fathers, um, you know, even though there's still life happening and it feels hard and it feels heavy, there's still enjoyment because I'm noticing God's great things, God's great work in my life. And I'm noticing it in your life. And I'm noticing it, like, all around me. And my worship has just kind of become fun, like, fun to worship all of a sudden. And it just comes from just learning how to receive joy. And I've had several people pray for me about it um, along the way, too. And even this last week, we were at a worship leaders uh, retreat out in Cannon Beach, Oregon, and did a little bit of ministry and speaking there. And I just had a blast. I just had, it was just a kick in the pants. I was having the time of my life. And um, I, at the same time, saw very consistently with, you know, all of these events, church, women's conference, and the worship leaders retreat, that in the middle of my enjoyment, in the middle of it, Satan was right there with something stupid to try to distract me and get me to stop talking about it. Like Sunday morning, I'm in my office vomiting in a garbage can. Hi, I'm just having so much fun at church, but wait a minute, I have to puke, you know. I mean, and then I was really sick all day, which I had planned all day to be here with you guys and just talk about all the amazing things God did at the worship conference. Or I'm sorry, I'm getting my conferences mixed up. It's all blending together, the women's conference. And then that happened this as well yesterday. Something happened in my, a couple of things happened in my immediate family. And um, I got 911 calls from my mother, my sister, um, and, you know, stuff's going on in my family that's just really, really um, desperate. And um, they're looking to me for help, and I'm miles and miles away, and so I'm Skyping and counseling and stuff. But it consumed me, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. I'm just still celebrating the worship retreat. You know, I just landed like eight, eight hours ago. But I could feel Satan just trying to steal it, just trying to steal it, just trying to distract, because, you know, that's what he, that's all he can do. Pretty much every day he tries to steal abort or change my mind or get me to give up what God is doing and what God is asking me to notice. And one of the things that helped me this week was last week on Saturday, I was just out for dinner, Debbie Wright and a couple uh, other people from church. And we were just celebrating, reflecting, and I was just so full of joy, and Saturday night, I, I couldn't have been more full of joy when I laid my head on my pillow at night and uh, then wake up sick Sunday morning. But 
she said to me around the table, she goes, boy, Brenda, I have really seen, you know, you've been talking about this joy thing since September. You've been talking about celebration since September. And I have really seen how you have had to fight for this joy. You've had to fight for this celebration and what God is, is asking you to receive. And you've had to like notice it, stay with it, journal about it, get a lot of prayer. Uh, and, and so that helped me realize that, you know, I'm just not going to lay down and let the enemy take from me what God is doing. I'm just not going to. And I feel like we have to help each other, uh, you know, learn how to notice, learn how to notice these interior things that are happening in us make some space for it. I've had to make lots of space for it over the past few months. Hold on to those things that I know God is stirring in my heart. And I've had to fight for and press into those things and say, Satan, uh-uh. You know, and, and even this weekend, you know, I just felt like there was an emotional roller coaster that I could have got on that would have just taken me, you know, over the moon emotionally in so many ways. And I felt like the Lord said, get off the emotional roller coaster. Just get off. Because that's not what I'm doing with you. That's a distraction. That's the enemy trying to get other people's to control my emotion with their stuff. And that's where they stop and I start. Right? And they don't get to decide if I'm going to be joyful today. They don't get to steal that if I don't let them. And so that's kind of what I mean by fighting for what God's doing. And I know that he's doing something different in many, many people's lives. But I think the thing that I'm asking us to contemplate and think about is, am I paying attention to my life right now? And what is the stirring? And what is he trying to say to me through it? And is it consolation or is it desolation? And, and what do I do about that? Like, what cup do I need to drink in order to, in order to either feel more authentic and connected to God and to move away from that place of desolation? And so I'm gonna, what I want to do right now is what I get to do because I'm holding the mic. And um, sometimes when God's doing stuff with me, I drag you guys with me. And um, so what I want to do right now is I want us to sit in God's presence for a minute. And if you've never done this, you might think it's kind of weird, but it's a good thing to practice. And one of the things that seems weird is to be quiet when you're in a group of people because that feels uncomfortable to us. But if we just say that and get it all on the table, then that helps right there. So um, Anna's going to come, and she's going to play the piano a little bit, and I'm going to lead us through just um, a time of us sitting in God's presence and just thinking honestly about what he is stirring and what he wants to say to us. And then we'll respond through ministry time. So let's just start out by taking some time um, just to pay attention to your life over the last few days or even the last few weeks. 
you can turn her pretty far down, just background. <clears throat> and one of the first things I think to notice is any way that maybe you've been really overly focused on a distraction. Just let the Lord reveal to you, what, what are my distractions right now? What are those things that are keeping me from really settling into your stirrings, God? As you think of those distractions, just ask God just to help you slow down and recognize what's what's his activity. What's the distraction, you know, keeping you from seeing? What's his activity in your life in this day, in the present moment? What's his stirring? Without judging or evaluating or calling anything right or wrong, just try to notice if you're having a week of consolation or desolation that maybe you've ignored in the rush of things. What's the spiritual significance of of this time of consolation or desolation? reveals something in your life that he wants you to pay attention to just ask him what what it means what is he what is he saying to you
what gifts is God giving you in the middle of consolation or desolation? What gifts is he giving you? Listen for God's invitation for you to choose life. What does that look like for you? goes through me will be cared for will freely go in and out and find pasture the thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy but I came so that you can have real and eternal life more and better life than you ever dreamed of Loader from his writings in Gorillas of Grace. O oh God, gather me to be with you as you are with me. Keep me in touch with myself, with my needs, my anxieties, my angers, my pains my corruptions that I may claim them as my own rather than blame them on someone else oh Lord deepen my wounds 
into wisdom and shape my weaknesses into compassion. Gentle my envy into enjoyment, my fear into trust, and my guilt into honesty. Oh God, gather me to be with you as you are with me. you teach us how to let you be in our interior spaces and our motives and our heart and that you'd give us an inner attentiveness to your stirrings like all these things these beautiful things that you're doing that you're wanting that you haven't passed us by we might just be missing it for lack of inner attentiveness God help us see better into the spirit realm and have a new lens just to recognize what you're up to more God, teach us how to not fix one another, just how to help each other be attentive to your stirrings and what you're doing in us. Would you teach us how to be contemplative, reflective, not in a self-focused way, but just so we don't miss you, God, in our lives. You don't miss your hand, your work, your wants, your great and beautiful things. Those deposits of love and joy and peace and patience and long-suffering, God. Teach us how to give ourselves to the moment. you are with us and we're with you.
one of the things I learned on the, my journey for joy is there's no way I could do it by myself. I had to actually talk about it. I had to, I've had to get a lot of prayer. And so I want to move into a time where we can actually begin to pray for each other for some of the things that, that God spoke to us about, even as we're just sitting in his presence. <laughs> 